0: Webcology, College show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and in the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Not that I know of. Hold oh, well, on, I heard something. Hey everyone, welcome to, welcome to Webcology here you on know, webmastermedia.fm. We are broadcasting live from SES Chicago 2013. And uh, just to let you know, I'm doing this over my cell phone. We, we're having a little bit of technical issues. We're at a CERC conference, so the Wi-Fi is kind of spotty. But it's been a great show. Uh, Dave, can you hear me? I can
2: hear you just great, Jim.
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, how you doing, I
2: <laughs> Dude, wait I, I I've got to ask. You're at a show.
1: Uh, how uh, how is it going? The show it's excellent. Um, it's the last day of the show. As a matter of fact, it's it's the it's the winding hours of the show. So, people are tired. Our voices are all cracked. Um, I think there's only one or two more sessions. But from a uh, you know webmaster radio is almost at uh, is at almost all of the shows. We have, we have a presence at the show as well. Um, this has been a good SES Chicago. I'm estimating about twenty five hundred people. Um, you know the, the usual, great content, great people. It was wonderful to, um, you know, see old friends again.
2: <laughs> as as it always is, um, and, and I guess you've got uh, what you were speaking. Um, you've got some I of your just got off
1: stage, in fact.
2: And a trooper you are. That explains the voice, which does sound a little strained. Uh, I'm going to blame that last, whatever was going on last
1: night for part of that as well. Uh, well, <laughs> um, you know, our list, uh, Dave, our listeners might be, uh, and I know you're familiar with uh, with SEO Tom favor. Oh, yeah. It was, Tom's, or it was Tom's 40th birthday last night, so, you know, <laughs> we kind of had to do him a favor and get him good and messed up. So, yeah, we all sound like this today. Um, Dave was actually, or, or, or sorry, Paul was actually just on, on the panel with me, um, on the SEO is Dead panel. <laughs> oh, that poor bugger. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, but you um, know what? I've been away. I've been in conference. I've uh, not been looking at my computer, I've not been looking at the news. What's going on in the search world, bit?
2: well you know as as always there's there's lots and I, I'm gonna nope. just I I'm gonna jump back to because I'm totally interested to hear how you justify the SEO is dead one but um, one thing we can we can go hey start rant because um, there's one that I was just reading about this morning and went you have got to be kidding me you have got to be kidding me um, so here's here's some uh, new news um, and it could impact pick a website it could impact them and um, there is a lawsuit being waged against Yelp right now, um, okay. on the condition or on the belief um, that their reviewers. That it's the law in in many states that whether a employee is volunteer, or intern, unless they're getting college credits, they have to be paid at least minimum wage for, for this work. Why that is, I Fair don't enough. know, because I think there's a lot of organizations that need volunteers and people who are happy to be volunteers but whatever you pay them they donate back i don't know how that uh, how that all works but um the the assertion here is that your yelpers people writing these reviews are are volunteers and as such need to be being paid uh, it's looking like the lawsuit, in total, based on you know the number of reviews that are done and stuff, would amount to about 12.8 billion dollars. If what one of the the people bringing forth wanted, I can't remember the exact number. It was like 270 dollars something per review. Like I don't know how you pick a number like that, um, and, and asserted that this was the value of these reviews. And, and I have to think, I mean, a Okay, this is just a problem with the system. Like, come on! I had no illusion that I'm getting doing volunteer work or nothing. I'm, I'm, you know, Facebook shouldn't have to pay me for using Facebook either, right? Like, that's that's well, the way of of
1: this. Well, let me. That sounds incredible. Let me ask you a couple questions about this suit. Number one, who filed it against Tomb? Uh, number two, if it's user-generated content and the user is voluntarily writing a review of a business, a service, or you know, something, some commercial review, how can they be how can they be considered a volunteer? They're a consumer. They're someone who had an experience and they're sharing it on the internet. And, you know, yes, Yelp is terribly manipulated. Um Yelp is, you know, there's been the reputation management lawsuits, and I can understand that. But a lawsuit stating that a somebody who's hoping create user-generated content has to be considered an intern and therefore must be paid? That's absurd. Well, in, in,
2: indeed. Uh, one of the people that brought it forth, um, and I found out his name, interestingly, because somebody had written on Search Engine Watch uh, about this story, and, and the gentleman's name is uh, Daniel Bernath. Um, actually went in and responded basically going this isn't silly and just saying other people do it doesn't you know make it you know okay that sort of thing um, he's an oregon based disability lawyer and and here's a fun part uh which i i wouldn't have known except i followed the story over to the washington post a portlandy extra <laughs> so you know there you are um so yeah, he, uh, he, he's decided, and he's the one that, that decided that he should be paid, and, and here's the number in front of me now, 273 dollars per review. That's a far, far cry in my mind from minimum wage.
1: <laughs> that's, indeed. That's very you'd, different. You'd think: You'd think a disability lawyer from Portland could uh, find something better to do than extort money off of Yelp. I mean, like, couldn't he be going and spreading mayonnaise on the sidewalk? so people will fall over and you to get, get income that way? <laughs> That's what I'd do. Mayonnaise. There you go. Mayonnaise in Portland goes so well together, especially for a slip-in lawyer. It's always raining there, you know? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> right? and so, so what, at what stage, is this case in the process?
2: Well, It's, right it's just at the beginning. It's just filed. Um, let me just click through here. And the, the U.S. News court is has out
1: said, no, oh, hear this.
2: They'll hear it That's yep. uh, yeah, I, I know it just seems um, it, it just seems silly. like we know how this story
1: ends <laughs> well we uh, well, we hope it gets thrown out of court, but let's take it a step further and you know our, our listeners want to know if they're publishing a bug, say, and they're getting um, you know comments from their readers. are they in a position of you know, are they in a potentially
2: dangerous position? Well, and that is a concern. Like, it, it, it does impact a lot of us for, for reasons like you just said. What if I run a forum? Right? What if I what if I run a social media site? Um, you know, and, and something I'll, of course, be interested to, to know about what would happen. Because, you know, I, we always consider these. I'm pretty sure this one's going to get shut down. But what if? Well, now, if I wrote a review on somebody's Google Plus page, now, does Google owe me money or does that person whose business I've reviewed owe me money? And the same could be said with Yelp. Is it Yelp's responsibility? Or if you're somebody's being hired by you, wouldn't it kind of more actually be the business whom you've reviewed? So why is it Yelp? Because they've got money. Right. And because nobody's going to go, yeah, this is just going to be a disaster with everybody suing every business on the planet and people doing reviews just to get paid for them. Right. I mean, we, we, we see how this story ends. Um, so, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I, I'm sure you are, too, that the, the whole the whole system, like any court with any brain and let's fingers crossed, hope it hits one of those would have to look and go, OK, now the choice is, do we want to use the Internet anymore Um, because basically it would just, it it would just paralyze the entire internet. If it was like, anytime I say anything or review anybody, anywhere, um, I'm, I'm owed compensation. Well, you know, if that happens, think, what, what do you have left? Well, sorry, you know, Google, sorry, uh... Um, you know, Facebook, sorry, Twitter, you know, they're all going to have to shut down, <laughs> you know, because that's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just find this ridiculous, um, but just, you know, a, a fun story to uh, to start our week on.
1: <laughs> well, you know, as, as, as our listeners are well aware, <laughs> listen to our show, anyway, as our listeners are well aware, working the Internet is often working with theater of the absurd. You know, <laughs> very much. Like, there's just so much dumb shit that goes down, dumb stuff that goes down in our environment. But you know, it's, uh, when you have a billion and a half, two billion users, as, uh, as this internet thingy does, weird stuff will happen. One of them is mm-hmm. going to be one of them is going to be a, a, a you know a goof, and this stuff happens. Yep.
2: Um another interesting thing that you you may or may not, it's sometimes there's things that you kind of know and then you go, ooh, right, I should be letting my clients know this too. Um that just ties into uh the past week of my life just beautifully. But a study came out, um published, you know what, this one's over at Search Engine Watch too. I do read other stuff, but this was two interesting ones that, that came <laughs> out. Uh, and this one came out last or, or was published last Friday, which is in, right after our show. Um Talking about how often when you are engaged um, or if your company is engaged with by one of your customers or users on a social media platform, be it Twitter, Facebook, what is the expectation on um, how long you have to react? Interesting, right? I, I I'd never really given that a ton of thought. I think you know, within a reasonable period of time. Um, interestingly, I've been having at my house huge problems with uh, Telus, the you know, the, our our provider of phone, TV, and internet. So when it has problems, we have big problems <laughs> uh, because these are all the all the main services we use. Um, after well, you can sit on hold. the The decision was, hey, let's try Twitter. <laughs> Rather than sitting on hold and trying to work my way through the whole system here, let's try Twitter. I did expect and received an immediate response, Um, immediate, within a few minutes response. And it turns out that's necessary. 53% of people expect it within one hour, 14% at immediately. Basically, they want somebody sitting there watching Um, This to go down. Um, And it it drops way, way, way down to people who would be looking at one day, like within a day. um, You're looking at 14% would tolerate a day turnaround time on a response to an engagement on social media. Um, To me, this has huge, I mean, depending on the company, you know, you've got like, you know, TELUS or, you know, one of the major telco. Okay, yeah, you, you probably should have somebody sitting there. Right Just waiting for somebody to talk about an outage, if nothing else, right or whatever, right you should have somebody on there all Absolutely. the time um, but i 'm you know apply this to just you know a a mom and pop business where it 's like you 're the owner and you 're working <laughs> like can you be sitting there watching this Twitter stream, watching a Facebook stream constantly? no of course you can't. can you afford to hire somebody to do that for a lot of businesses no, so um it 's a case I, I think where a lot of expectations may not be met for the right reasons. You know, would, would my, speaking for me, would my clients rather I was watching Twitter streams for people talking about me, or would they rather I was optimizing their site? <laughs> Which of these two things would they rather I was doing on a given, you know, hour of my, my. Um, so I think it can lead to some, some odd expectations on people, and you know what, I think I'm guilty of it, you probably are too, it's the internet, it should be interesting,
1: why haven't you responded, it's been five minutes. <laughs> um, well, what I want to know, know the, the, uh, well, the question I would ask after that is, how do people who are disappointed in the response time of the company they're trying to engage through Twitter or through Facebook or, um, you know, whatever, whatever instant messaging uh, uh, application. If the company fails to, you know, meet their complainers' expectations, what's the burn rate? You know, well, you know, Jim. I, I, another.
2: I, I'm so glad you asked <laughs> because that was part of the, you study got the answer, done. right?
1: <laughs> so, so that was so perfect. What are to do? What are they, if what are I people get, going to do? You don't get the response. What are they tempted to do?
2: At twenty, there's just it monitored the top five, um, and so there is some overlap. So it only it only covers sixty percent of respondents. Even though a larger percentage, it, the numbers add up to more than a hundred percent. It's because there's some people will do two or three of these things. Twenty nine percent are going to talk to their friends and family about it. Twenty six percent are going to escalate it through other sources of communication. So okay, this is exactly what you want them to do, right? These are the people who. Go okay. You're just not monitoring your Twitter. I guess I'll pick up a phone. Twenty four percent are going to consider buying less. Twenty one percent are not going to recommend the product. And then, and here's the real threat: fifteen percent are going to try and shame you on social media.
1: <laughs> and that can start. Uh, that can start a uh, well, a fight or a headache that just doesn't end.
2: Well, it, it sure can. And I mean, it, it, I feel sorry in some cases for this where what if your expectation is instantaneous or within five minutes and, you know, dude went out for lunch? <laughs> like, um, you know, all of a sudden you're complaining for something that to me or a lot of other people might be considered a reasonable period of time.
1: Um, and, and so it's a reasonable period of time, but Dave, I mean, like, this is the new level of customer service that you have to offer if you want to be considered a... Amongst large businesses, at any rate, if you want to be considered a serious business, or if you want to be known for customer service or for responsiveness, well, I mean, it's this is the way the environment is today. It's right. you know much like uh, much like inflation. It's no fault that pr- prices raised. Prices raised. Prices are higher. You know right. that's just the way it goes. So you got to work a little bit harder. Um, and yeah, this isn't. We do have an expectation of instant response. No one likes being ignored. And we're, when you're sitting in front of your keyboard, you have all this power, right? Because you're working a computer, and you're a little, you're in your like autonomous zone. And if you're ignored, oh my goodness, that blows into the massive proportions, and you get pissed. <laughs> you know, and then, you, you've heard the studies, or you must have read the studies that say. uh, uh Mother, well, like eighty-five percent of Facebook uh, users are angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Facebook makes us angrier. Well, you know, if you're being to the social media, you become the keyboard warrior. Yeah, and keyboard warriors are dangerous because they're acting in they're acting emotionally.
2: Well, they're acting emotionally, and as you and I know, and, and, and heck, all of our listeners, most of the internet knows. Um, you, you can act with some degree. Even if your name is being attached to something, there is this separation between me and my actions all of a sudden. Right? You, you add, there's this sense of anonymity even where you know it doesn't exist because, hey, there's your name. It showed up, right? You know, in our case, you know, our Twitter handle. There's our company name. But there is this feel of anonymity, and you do find, I'm sure you've seen it, I've seen it, where people become more angry right like they become more adamant they say things you would never say if i was sitting across a table drinking a beer with you i would never say this but it's on the internet and you've commented on my facebook wall though so in i go <laughs> and, and and off you go i mean you know you represent your brand i represent my brand yes we are aware of what goes on and and the impact what we say has on on our brands but for people who don't um You've seen it. I've seen it. You can get much more aggressive um, and have to deal with much more aggression. And to that, it's like, yeah, if you're if you end up hitting part of these like fourteen percent who want to shame you now, um, they're going to do it uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of vigor. Um, so it it is a problem, and you know, it sort of earmarks that you need to be setting up alerts. Um, on your main social media so that it will, you know, be monitored and and send you through notices anytime something goes there because, you know, get it onto your phone, right? You need
1: to know um, all the time Uh, what's going on. It's funny you mentioned the need to set up Um, this. As I said at the beginning of the show, um, I just came off the um, Is SEO Dead panel um, here at uh, SES Chicago 2015. And one of the key takeaways of the SEO dad channel was follow the basics. <laughs> you know, we go back to basics, but things are chaotic because that's our, always our starting point. Um, and having alerts on, you know, uh, various keywords or um, alerts on your brand names or your product names. Well, I mean, that's just one of the basics, ain't it? It, it sure is. Um, you know what? And that's a great segue because I
2: I mentioned it earlier. I really want to talk about what uh, what is going on over there because, uh, as you know, Chicago is one of my favorite shows. But before we do that, uh, we're gonna pay some bills.
1: Um, it's it's gotta be no, done. We, do, we got to do that. We got to do that. To so. That
2: uh, I sure will. We'll, uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes to find out uh, all the great takeaways from the show that have been going on and everything that's been going on over in Chicago. But in the meantime, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined uh, joyously by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, back in just a couple minutes.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Our in-house printing and CD-DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking. Inside and out and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738.
0: Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing?
2: F-A-N-G-Digital.com. And the bits.
0: There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game.
1: And that's the ball game.
0: Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on Earth. Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short, branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike, for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
2: Get the latest news.
0: Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast. The essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. The WordPress Community Podcast, on demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger
1: and Dave Davies. Hey everyone. Welcome back to WebCology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, as you can hear, Dave, I'm now outside in Chicago. <laughs> um, trying to keep a good, strong cell signal happening. And we appreciate it.
0: It's working pretty good so far. How's the weather outside?
1: It, um it's just say under the wind. It's not bad, but this is Chicago, and it's you know it's November. <laughs> it's uh, it ain't warm. Current temperature outside. The FBS Chicago used to be the December show. You know, we'd be we'd be having the show in uh, second week in December, and then it was brutally cold. They moved it up a month. It's not so bad, and Chicago is a great city to be in. It's a great walking city, so you know, spending a lot of time outside.
0: It's currently 44 degrees Fahrenheit, 7 centigrade.
1: Ah, well, you see, it feels just like it's 10 centigrade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it feels like home, doesn't it?
1: Um, so what can I tell you about the conference itself? It's, well, uh, well it's tell it's us a weird one, to... one, because AdTech is happening in New York right now. And there's another web conference happening in Miami. So the community is sort of like split in three. Um, a lot of great speakers here, a lot of great content. Um, but again, um, you know, half of our friends are out of the shows. <laughs> so you didn't
2: get to have as much fun, but fortunately, uh, you know, Tom had a birthday, so you got to you got to
1: shake it up a Tom little bit. Tom had a birthday. Absolutely, so, so- but I'm on live radio right now. <laughs> um, one of you for walking around a large city, you we say that for the handlers, you uh, so we're just sort of group to Chicago, having conversations with people. Um, <laughs> so, no, I, I, I've
2: got to ask, this is the first, um, conference that, you know, we, you and I've had a chat where one of us has been at the conference, um, since a whole rash of, of recent changes, right? That, that have taken place. So, you know, hummingbirds and, uh, you know, penguin 2.1 hit. And, uh, so I mean, to me anyway, I look at this and go, Hey, you were on the ground having discussion with a bunch of very knowledgeable people including yourself in an environment where everything's changed since the last time you were all together right the 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 landscape itself is different and then you're on a panel talking about whether seo is dead or not i mean we know it isn't but uh you know having that discussion what impact have some of the recent changes had on either the sessions or just the conversations and and you know those those chats about what do we what are we doing? And, you know, the sort of shared conversations that, that take place where you actually have a more open discussion about some of the strategies you're using. What's, what's the feel there?
1: Well, okay. I was, I was just on the, the panel that is titled is SEO dead? And it's the panel that happens every year at SES. Okay. So it's, it, it, it's not like SES is, um, searching strategies that the conference organizers are asking the question, is SEO dead? It's more of a rhetorical question. um, the big, to this day, the big story is not provided. People are freaked out about the loss of keyword data. And so we've been talking about strategies to overcome the loss of keyword data. You know, how do we, um, how do we get enough in information to sort of fill in the blanks that Google is missed us? Um, one of the ways is by investing in paid search. Another of the ways is to drill deep into webmaster tools because you actually do get. Fairly conclusive keyword lists out of webmaster tools, and you can even drill into those keywords. Um, we talked a lot about looking at the uh, web visitor funnel. They get in at your, you know, say they come in at your index page or one of your landing pages. Where do mm-hmm. they go after that? What was that page about? Um, like, w- what topic was that page about? What keywords would that page have represented? So instead of being given the keywords in a you know, a, a nice annotated list with plenty of um, empirical data that we can, you know, report back to our clients. We have to work a little bit harder as SEOs, and we have to, uh, you know, study what visitors are doing on our web pages as they move from A to B to C, right, or as they move through the website. Yeah. So you know that they're, um, you know that this page here is about blue widgets, and the next page is about yellow widgets. So we know that widgets would be a keyword that the you know that that the that, that, that searcher was interested in. SEOs have to extrapolate a lot.
2: Now the the feel is, you know I, I mean, I remember you remember we've covered it a lot and the, the station as a whole has when that first happened, I mean tons of articles written, everybody up in arms, you know myself included. Uh, now something I found, and I'll be interested to hear, does the the marketing community as a whole find this is we all we all do reports. Also sort of go through and we look at our metrics and of course when the keyword data was there that was a metric we looked at. Um, now I found uh, from personal experience, being forced to not look at that and have to look at other things is forcing me into areas that I knew I should check, but you know I've only got like twenty minutes to get this report out. Right? So you're powering through what um, it is, and so now it, it's forcing us to look at areas more regularly that we should have been all along, is that a general like, yeah, it sucks, we lost this, but hey, I'm I'm doing a better job now um, because I'm having to look deeper into everything and and extrapolate more site-based conclusions rather than keyword-specific conclusions?
1: Uh, You know what? Absolutely. Um, Google has been saying for the last uh, 18 18 months, 24 months, that they don't want you to uh, design pages for keywords you know, they don't want you to design the keyword rankings. They want you to create content people want to use and share with each other. And that goes beyond, you know, um, focusing and hammering on specific keyword rankings into um, understanding the context of the searcher's intent as their um, somewhere in their decision or purchase file. Now, somewhere in the site, in the natural cycle the searcher goes through when looking for information. So as SEOs, we have to know our clients and our clients' clients just a little bit more intimately than we did before. How do we do that? By using the analytic tools that are either provided by, by uh, Google Analytics or Google Webmaster Tools or using, you know, like Raven or uh, Majestic or tool. There's a great deal of information. Like you're right, we were bypassing before, but, you know, our clients are paying us for this work we must report back to them, and those reports have to be useful to them. They have to give them actionable and verifiable information. Or, why are they paying us for a service, right? Right. And to do that, yeah, you've got to dig a little bit deeper in your analytics programs and find what is of importance to that client specifically. What is their conversion point, and are they making the conversion? What is the path that the user is going when they come in at your index page or they come in at your landing page? Where do they go from there and how much time are they spending on those pages? What is their interest level? You know, um, is it high? Is it low? Are we getting a good response or a poor response? And that's the kind of stuff you want to be reporting back to your clients because it, you know, it does show that you've achieved or retained that result. This is the goal we were, you know, that 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 they hired us to uh, to achieve, and I can demonstrate using this analytic, that analytic, and this analytic. And and actually, I think that leaves us as SEOs in a much stronger reporting position than we were before when we were trying to report keyword rankings in a regionalized and personalized world.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I I think that. Isn't it and to me and I don't know if this is a discussion that's going on there as well um, It's sort of a, a case where uh, to me uh, Google finally technologically caught up uh, to what they've been telling us to do um, and, and to, at the end of the day and I just had this discussion with the client yesterday. It's almost worked out for the best. Yes, a lot of things have gotten harder but it's okay because it got harder for everybody. <laughs> so if we all just work at the same rate, we're also going to be moving forward the same as we were. It's just that the people that know more uh, will do the right things more often. Um, to me, I, I prefer this environment. But I, I'd be interested to hear what the what the take is there. And there's lots of counters on like, yeah, but you know, on the on the privacy side. Okay, we'll leave that out of it <laughs> you know, on what's being tracked, but. I'm preferring marketing in this in this current environment, and I'd be really interested to know what the what the thoughts are there.
1: Well, um, how to say this? And be played about it. Um, <laughs> you're an experienced bucket. You've been around. You've been um, doing this for ten years or more. You've been around the block a number of times, and you're able to adj- I find that the more experienced. The person at this conference, and I imagine the same goes out in the, out in the non-conference world, the more experienced the person, the less worried they are about, about missing keyword data. But the, the newer SEOs, you know, this is what they learned as the prime metric, keyword rankings. That's what I thought was the prime metric. And so there's a great deal of concern and worry about that. Um... But again, the more experienced FCOs, said they don't seem to be concerned. The newer ones seem to be quite concerned.
2: Right? Okay. I, you know what? I, like, I suppose like, if all you knew was the one reporting metric,
1: then now what? But okay, but but Dave, <laughs> in your career, you've had to cover like several different types of projects, several different types of uh, uh, conversion points. Right. So you've had to learn to report on several different things beyond. Um, keyword rankings, and you've been having to do that for years. So when the keywords were suddenly gone, you knew you had a fallback point because you'd already been using those other metrics as reporting tools to begin with, right? Right. Um, Now that comes with experience.
2: Right, but what if you've been an in-house SEO only working on one thing your entire life, and you've got, you know, two, three years of experience, but I I see your point. If you've been living in a bubble, and maybe even successfully so... But you lose this thing now. Your boss is asking you, "All right, what have you done for me lately?" Yeah, you may not
1: have well, a quick and I, answer. I, I'm, and I'm really glad you raised that point. That's an important point. Like we again, I speak we as SEOs. We um, we know the metrics that are that are uh, key indicators for the success for Lack of success for any given campaign that you might be working on. Mm-hmm. You know, time on site, uh, the, where the, uh, the, 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 the user went as they made their journey through the website. Um, bounce rate, exit page, a You know, we, we know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're working for a client, they have their own notions and their own set of goals. Like you've got your KPI, your key performance indicators, and that's what you know as an SEO. But does the client necessarily know that those are the actual uh, key performance indicators to look for? A lot of what we have to do as SEOs now that things are changing is client education. We're in, it's almost like we're back in that period again where we're educating the client about the service to begin with.
2: Right. And how the measurables work and what happens in those spots. And we've all seen them where you go into Webmaster Tools, you see, hey, your impressions have doubled. I know that your traffic hasn't done that yet. But what this means is, you know, all your phrases are now up, you know, at the bottom of the first page. right? <laughs> and 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 sort of relaying that, no, this is a step on our way to what we're trying to get. I know we're not there yet, but this is how I know it's working. Um and, and you're right, that can be a tough thing to to put to a, a business owner, and I'm one, you're one, where you're like, yeah, but what I want is more money in my bank. <laughs> so you have to convince me that somehow this thing I can't see that isn't doing anything yet is actually doing something, whereas yeah, in the old days, it was like, if you see a red arrow on a ranking or a, you know, a red arrow down on a ranking report, you know something's gone wrong. If you see a green arrow up there you are, you know I'm doing my job. And the, yeah, you might be 14, so it's not traffic, but you like seeing these green arrows.
1: <laughs> so you know, we're all, we're all on so the things, same page. And so things have become that much more, much more complicated for SEOs in, in, in reporting back to our clients. And again, putting yourself in the client's position, it's become that much more difficult to understand the, um, the effect or the efficiency, the efficacy of your service provider, are they are they really doing the job for you? Are they doing it right? Are they are they doing it ethically? And are they, you know, hitting those conversion points that are putting more money in the bank, or getting more forms filled out, or getting any more leads, or whatever? Um, you, the SEO, or you know, us as SEOs, we have to explain what the real KPIs are to our clients, and agree that this is how we will be measured. Because if 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 they're sucked in the keyword ranking world, then everybody involved is going to be very disappointed at the, at the outcome of the engagement, and that's not good for anybody's business.
2: So, uh, I mean, I, I've had it was funny. Yesterday was a day on the phone, and I was having a very similar discussion all day, just with different clients, but all day, same sort of discussions. <laughs> um, is it, um, and I view it as my responsibility, Ben, uh, because, you know, what I measure me, and, and I have to accept it, and all this should, I may have to appreciate that what I look at as my metrics may not match up with what you care about. I still need to look at what I'm looking at to know if I'm on the right path. But you may not be able to, you know, I mean, well, as you said, I've got over a decade of experience. You do. A lot of our listeners do or have explored in advanced ways um, the metrics that are available to them to report. So, of course, we're looking at stuff that other people aren't. Right? Why why would a business owner care about 90% of what I look at? Um, so, to me, I, I, I view it as a, a, a big situation where I need to hear what they're telling me they need, i.e., you tell me what your business goals are. Okay, now, I have to... Cr- after my own metric. I can take whatever I want, but it's my job not to just go and necessarily always explain here's why I'm looking at this. On there. Yep, that's always part of it, but go, okay, what's you know, what is it you want? Now I need to put the metrics in front of you to understand how my path leads to what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Um, and again you know, and, just, and again it's so important the client understand this as you're going into the engagement. Or there's going to be some really disappointed faces later, and you know, you may well lose the client if you haven't pre-educated them. Right. Right.
2: Um, well, now you know what we're. That's that's a good segue because we can come back and I got some more interesting stuff on Google. A lot, uh, a lot more sort of information I want to glean from you on on what the feel of the industry is and, and the information as a whole. But to do that, to stay on. <laughs> We need to make some cash because we've been talking about ROI here. So we're going to let the station do that. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I'm Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We'll be right back.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
1: I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect.
0: Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're constantly struggling
2: to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find Find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses.
0: Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com radio. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Dee.
2: All right, welcome back. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Joined from uh, from SES Chicago by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Uh, Jim, let's uh, let's go back just for, for a minute. Let's chat uh, a bit of what uh, we were talking, touching on changes at Google. Let's cover uh, a couple more things. Uh, one of them, okay. just a quick quick blip. You you would have missed it, uh, but always a fun conversation when we start talking paid links with Google. Uh, to me, that's always a fun conversation to, to watch because I just sit on the sidelines and go, hey, I can predict everything both of you are saying. <laughs> and I can do that. I could put it on an auto script at this point, and I would just know the back and forth. Well, a discussion was going on over at uh, Hacker News. How did I find out about it? Need to make sure his name gets mentioned during the show from Barry Schwartz um, over at SC SE Roundtable. Of course, and you know we we'd almost gone a whole show without mentioning his name, so i had to get that in there. Um, where it was a a case and, and something I've thought of, but that I found uh, fun that was actually brought up because Matt Cutts engaged in this conversation where the discussion over at Hacker News was basically the one that we've all heard a million times. I'm in a high competition sector. I can't do it without paid links, right? it's a discussion we've all had there you know i'm not even going to judge the asker or their insistence on on doing it i will say i wouldn't do it but you know too much risk involved but hey i i, I get your point um matt Kutz jumped in and, and actually just said hey wait for it let's predict it uh that's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Then um, the question was posed to Matt, and I'm really surprised he didn't respond. This is a bit of sarcasm. Then uh, why do you rank sites for terms like paid links? Right on, uh, on their on the AdWords. Right? Why do you let these services sell on AdWords if you're saying they're unethical? Uh, I've thought it. I, I've never, uh, never thought, hey, to ask it. I've never actually seen it in an open discussion. Um, but you know what, maybe I should jump in and say because uh, Google likes money more than ethics I don't know um,
1: <laughs> Okay, know? I, I, I would take a different tack on that and I would suggest that Google editorial um, you know the, the, uh, Google editorial as being like you know uh, the organic uh, 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 and uh, the, the, the spam protection force and Google advertorial the paid side they don't talk a lot you know? they don't hang out a lot um, I would wonder if people at Google's Quality Control Center even knew that um, paid link ads would would be ranking in AdWords, or if they did, if they considered it. You know, right? Um, Google organic and Google paid are different ends of the of the of the office. That's 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 Google's official line. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but. You know me, I'm an optimist. So I want to believe.
2: I, I would just hope that somewhere on the web spam team, organic web spam team, somebody in their decade-long fight against paid links went, hey, maybe I should run a search on what I consider to be the best engine on the web for paid links and see what's there. <laughs> I would
1: hope somewhere in the decade uh, take, that they, they would have... Work, but, <laughs> but even if they did, even if they did, do you remember back in, uh, I think it was 2002, 2003, when I found all those Osama bin Laden paid ads on Google? Yes, yes. Well, you'd say somebody was aware of that too, but it's through the machine. When they were made aware of it, they took care of it. Right quick, in fact. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe you want to conduct that search, looking to see if paid ads, uh, if paid advertisements for paid links come up, you might want to do that search next week and see what happens. Right. See or if uh, see if they break it. We might want to hammer on that as critical. You know, we might want to hammer on that in uh, search engine watch, in search engine land, in uh, in round table, etc. Yeah, and then eventually and it, it, it will. Someone hypocritical,
2: or maybe they just want them to be able to do that paid so that they can just keep an eye on them. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, <laughs> now we, we know who you are. Though. That is worth um, noting. It's, it's, um, Google does keep tabs. Yeah, which makes sense.
2: Um, another thing that came out of Google, a uh, hat tip to Christine Schackinger, who actually sent me a message during the show to let me know uh, know about this one because it had uh, sort of surpassed my radar. Um there's a new penalty out. I don't anticipate this causing any problems with any of my clients or yours, but there's a new uh, manual action penalty that's showing up. I have known that this happened because it drives me nuts about 1% of the time I'm doing an image search. Um, and it's when cloaking, basically cloaking images, when you show a different image into oh. image search, then you feed, <laughs>
1: you know what I'm talking about. Uh, then you, Simon uh, when has you the time a, a Simon really has time you actually Simon has a from AOL was talking about this yesterday. AOL ah, decided the they wanted to protect their images by putting a watermark on them. They wanted, or at least uh, the images that were being fed to Google's search engine, they put mm-hmm. a watermark on them because the way Google search engine or image search works, instead of um, clicking through to the page where the image exists, Google is now displaying the full-size version of that image within its search engine, Right. And so right. the user doesn't got to click through to go to the page where that image exists. So AOL tried serving up images with watermarks on them. Oh, you know, no. so Again, this is, this is what uh, you would see when you did a Google search for the image. You'd get the watermarked image. When you click through to the um, Huffington Post page or the TechCrunch page or whatever, you would see the real image. Google considered that cloaking, and they slapped them for it.
2: Right, which you know, know. is a problem, like, he's got the right application and just got caught for the wrong reasons.
1: Right? Like where, It's horrible. Here's, this, this really makes me angry. Um, insert rant here. <laughs> Images are property. It could be a piece of copyrighted content. It belongs to the photographer, and the photographer, the person who created that image, should have the right to protect it beyond the courts. You know, you shouldn't have to sue somebody to stop them from taking your content, which Google has already scraped. And so AOL's solution of adding the watermark to those images was actually kind of elegant, except Google didn't say that cloaking, and they got slapped for it, and I think Google's in the wrong here.
2: I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Now, I have seen too many cases. I, I, I have a hunch, and we've all seen whacks of these, where you are, it's a false positive. Like, where you, you get caught in a net that was not built to catch you, right? You, you know, I don't know, you're a dolphin on a, in a tuna net, right? Like, th- this happens. Um, you know, often enough, I have a hunch that, you know, I, I mean, if you actually sat down with Google and said, hey, here's what we're doing. Um, you know, if they'd listen. But, you know, here's specifically what we're doing. Here's specifically why doing it. Would they have looked at Simon and gone, yeah, got it. That makes perfect sense. Probably. Um, but I will say I've seen image searches where I click through. I'm actually going through to the page uh, because, you know, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> right? Like, actually, you don't just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Look at it. You know, go actually go to the page. And then found that that image was not actually in existence on that page that they were feeding me something else that wasn't what I was looking for um
1: yeah you know, like whatever. that could be considered cloaking
2: and that's it and I think that's more what they're getting at it's really really unfortunate I have uh, have feeling that uh that Simon got caught in a sort of false positive scenario where he's actually doing the right thing I don't think I don't think anybody can dispute
1: that that makes good sense um for- worth, and I, I do got to get this in here. Simon said, Simon says, uh, Simon said that he advised his team against doing it, but they went and did it anyway. Right. He thought it might cause. He thought it might cause a cloaking alarm bell at Google as well. Um, and he advised them against doing it, but they went and did it. And sure enough, within a couple months, they were being penalized for it. Um. He's still angry about it. Like you know, even though he was proven right and vindicated in his opinion, he's still angry it's happening.
2: Right, and that and that makes sense uh, that he would be angry about it because, like, yeah, it is false positive. Um, I think uh, Simon, like I would be with a client, pretty cautious guy um, when it comes to you know we've got a lot to lose here, so let's not risk anything for a minor win. Uh, you know, good good for him for uh, for putting that out there. But I, I, I hope Google actually takes a look. Um, and you know, it would be great as if they had like a you know something built in where you could do that, right? If you just went anytime you're going to feed an image into image search, put this watermark on it, right? That actually you're you're making anything, that's not a bad uh, a bad thing to add, um, right? And then it will just drop it into the lower right or whatever. So. Um, Brasco just said, and I know we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, yeah. You've got some people on the uh, on the ground there. Um, he, he just sent me a few uh, social media uh, accounts that people who are interested in knowing what's going on um, and, and people who, uh, and these are from your team, who are all competing, as Brasco points out, for the most keynote tweets. <laughs> um, so, some, uh, <laughs> yeah. some Twitter handles to watch um, is at Simon Heseltine, H E S E L T I N E, at Social Michelle R, and at I'm just going to spell this one out, at A-K-A-N-E-C-H-T. So two of those people are from your team, uh, super heavy tweeters, um, getting the information out, so anybody interested in finding out uh, some of the great stuff that's going on there.
0: Yeah, Jim, the thing was, uh, Simon tweeted out mentioning it was amazing watching Michelle and Alan competing for the most keynote tweets, hashtag fast fingers. You
1: know what? We decided um, that if... We brought um, pretty much our full management team to SES. I and mean, we said, so you know what? We're just going to cover everything we can. Yeah. Yeah, can, you, gonna,
0: can you give anybody else on the Twitter stream some is, space I there, Jim? I'm sorry? I'm saying could Alan and Michelle give anybody else a little space on the Twitter feed for slash for hashtag uh, Chicago Because it was those two, like the entire stream.
1: Um, absolutely. It really if has. If they hashtag FES Chicago Woo! or FES Shy, it will come up inside of the Twitter stream that, that we're publishing on our blog. A lot of them. A lot of them, Morella. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, hash, it's, ha, it's hashtag triggered. So, um, you want it, you want it in that Twitter stream? Hashtag properly. <laughs> and, you know, um, we're not into hogging the Twitter stream at all. Uh, we want we want our readers to participate in it, um, but you know, uh, we've been actually kind of like too busy to foster participation.
2: <laughs> awesome! All right, I know we have to. Uh, we've done it, Jim. We've tied it up. Thank you so much for making time. I know that time on the ground at a conference is valuable, especially on the last day, especially with a couple of sessions. I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. Um, thanks so much for making time for us. Um, Brasco, uh, much more involved this week than in, uh, in past weeks. We've heard from him a lot more. So uh, I'm going to say uh, thanks for the week from uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and Brasco from Webmaster Radio. We'll talk to you next week.